Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. This week on Mike's Camera Action, we're watching Die Hard. I'm your host, Carl, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. What up? <laughs> Thanks for finally turning my mic on, Carl. <laughs> I was trying to do it one at a time. I was like, all right. This is... Anyway, yeah, we're doing. so we're doing Die Hard this week. It's no, it's New Year's Eve. Why not, cel- why not celebrate New Year's Eve with the New Year's Eve movie and celebrate with, you know, an explosion going off in Nakatomi Plaza? Christmas. A- Christmas Eve. Sorry. What the Christmas fuck am I- Eve. What the fuck am I on about? I am... Yeah, no. <laughs> I am having a bad day today, much like John McClane, who is having a really rough day being in the complete wrong place. Holy fuck, I'm slick as shit, dude. <laughs> uh, I'd say sandpaper, but sure. <laughs> slick, smooth as sandpaper. As- <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, John McClane is a wrong place, wrong time cop McGee. It's the ultimate wrong place, wrong time movie. Actually, my favorite bit in that, one of my favorite bits is when Hans realized that John McClane was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he just gets so pissed. He's so mad. He's <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, really? The one guy stopping this is not supposed to be here. It's like the one guy, the one guy stopping this is the one guy who wasn't invited. Yeah, he wasn't um, even invited. He's just like, this motherfucker showing up, n- like, getting the wrong invitation, okay. basically. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he got the wrong invitation. Um, and then he'll be... And then he, then he like, wrecks his hard-fought plan that he spent, like, so long planning. Such oh, attention must... to detail. Yeah, this plan must have taken so long to do. The research that must have gone into it, the effort, the planning, the detail, the hiring, everything that they did. If only we put this much effort into the podcast. Yeah, I know, right, dude. If if only if only Hans Gruber could host this podcast, it would be perfect. We'd have so many followers. It'd be the ultimate podcast. It'd be my dad wrote a porno levels of success. Just yeah. at, in in an instant, we'd have Elijah Wood tweeting about this show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's it's one of the it's yeah it's certainly bizarre. Like it's just. Oh, well, bizarre's the wrong word. <laughs> Hans Gruber hosting a podcast would be bizarre, actually. Dude, I'd, I'd watch that. He's got I'd, such I'd a pleasant voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the film starts off with a plane landing. Mm. Not sure where it's landing. Turns out it's California. Here we come. Right back where we started from. California! Uh, All right. Stop doing that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but the first line in this movie, like pretty much the first conversation we have in this movie is one of the most... Like, it, it changes the course of this movie yeah. so hard. Yeah. And it's just a guy telling John McClane, like, oh, guess you don't fly very often. You know, I do this all the time, been doing it years. I find that the thing that helps me get over jet lag is I take my shoes off and, uh, you know, make fizz with my toes on the carpet. Yeah. You know, cures jet lag better than coffee and a good night's sleep or whatever. That has so much impact. And so much in this movie, you, we were talking about before, the cause and effect in this movie is huge. Yeah, it's huge. It, it, like, it's, I, I would say it's even a step above Home Alone in how well it does cause and effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, because Home Alone, it's Home Alone, like, a lot of the major things tie together. Yeah. In Die Hard, it's like... Even tiny little insignificant stuff. It's like, all right, he said this. All right, let's go. And then what it's like this comes back yeah even like things as small as a visual gag come back yeah it's like whoa that's mm. bizarre yeah well so my favorite actually speaking of visual gag is the um is the terrorist reaching he's at the candy bar yeah and he's just like looking at it and he just like reaches down <laughs> and and the next thing you see you see him with a candy bar half in his mouth because <laughs> he's stolen chocolate from the from the candy bar 
I didn't pick up on that one, actually. Yeah, he, he shoved <laughs> half a candy bar in his face. And he's like, uh, uh, I mean, time if, to get going. If you're going to rob a place under the guise of being a terrorist, you might as well, right? He was like, all right, let's like, rob that, That's the least valuable thing being stolen this day. Yeah, it's just a chocolate, at yeah. least one chocolate bar. <laughs> at least he's, he comes out just pockets filled with them, lining his coat. Well, he cuts, to, he cuts to him grabbing into a Hershey's box and he reaches, and the, the thing he cuts to is a crunch bar. So he's taken <laughs> a few chocolates, probably. <laughs> he's grabbed a cup. Yeah, a few while he's in there. But the fact is, is that um, a lot of like the little things, like the fact that John McClane takes a lighter off the off the first guy he kills, he takes a machine gun and yep. a lighter, and no, it's it's just the machine gun and the lighter, mm. uh, and I think the radio. You might have, yeah, yeah. He took the radio so he could listen in on them because that was his whole thing. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's taking like the names down so that he could also. Basically, you've got uh, Hans Gruber coming in there, and he's talking to the pres- like the CEO of Nakatomi, and he's and, he- and this is and the thing that makes it so scary. This is something that you wouldn't really get across today if you did this, if like you pulled off this kind of heist, which is that he talks about the president of Nakatomi uh, of Nakatomi Corporation, yeah, where he's going off in detail about this guy, yeah, where he's like, here's where he uh, does anyone know where he is? Studied here, worked here. Did this? Been doing this for years. Married to this person. Has this amount of kids. Here's that. Like he knows everything about this person. Actually, that's a lot of stuff that I'd expect almost on a website. But that's the thing. This is before. The, yeah. This is before Wikipedia. So you wouldn't be able to find out where you know where the guy grew up, where he um like it's one thing for him to have his qualifications. Yeah. But for him to have in that massive amount of detail, oh, yeah. that's scary. That means yeah. this guy's put in his research. Yeah, that this, means he's this man has it. researched for a long time. Yeah, that's proof that this man knows what he's doing. Yeah. And then so McLean spins it around on him a little bit by taking notes on his arm of like, okay, here's the name of all the people. This is the guy who's, br- uh, this is the brother of the guy I just killed. He's writing down all those notes. Yeah. And then he can talk on the radio and say, all right, Hans, I know this, that, and the other. And yeah. he's able to flip it back on them. And that's what get, and that's kind of part of like the first thing that gets under their skin, where it's yeah. not just that they've lost one of their men, it's that now they've got a guy who's turning this heist back on them and he knows yeah. just as much as they do. And like they don't know anything about him. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that throws them off the most. Yeah. Is they all they know is that he's like he like uh I th- what is it? It's like he, he, g- he gives them the name Rob Roy. Or he yeah. gives them Roy. No, because he's like I've always no I've always been a fan of Roy Rogers. Yeah, that's it. Hence why you get the yippee kaye motherfucker. Kaye motherfucker. So yeah, you've got him doing that, and mm. one of the things I like the most is you've got that. You've got um, yeah, you've got that, and like because he's like, were you a fan of some sort of TV shows? And I they're on my tip of my tongue, but I can't yeah. remember. Like I think action films, and it's like. And and he's like, no, I've always so been much of a cowboy, with Roy like Rogers. Yeah. I like the sequin shirts. Yep. Yeah, because he's throwing them off. They don't know yeah. who he is. Yeah. Because he's like security guard and he's like, eh, would you like to try again? <laughs> Double Jeopardy where the points really will change. <laughs> been watching a lot of Jeopardy recently. You, I really you have been. That. It's been it's been crazy how much Jeopardy you've been watching. Probably like 20 episodes over seven days. Yeah, that's more than someone just watching Jeopardy day by day. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of Jeopardy. It's a lot anyway, of Jeopardy. Regardless. Aside from my uh, Jeopardy binging. Jeopardy addiction. <laughs> binging. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a couple of days. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's uh, The rest of it's just theme shows. Fair enough. I'm not super keen. Mm. Anyway, back to our points. Yep. Back to the film. Back to the movie. <laughs> so you've got all of that. And like the fact that he took the lighter off means that when he gets into the vent, yep. and there's that really famous shot of like Bruce Willis Squeezed cramped into this in. bench. 
and this uh, uh bench vent. vent and he's got the lighter lit mm. and like because it's a metal vent it reflects out and yep and so like Carl the bad guy is able to see it and yeah. so it's like they know where he is so that's why they start poking at the vent yep or just shooting the shit out of the vents yeah he's sitting there like inches away from his face is one of the bullet holes yeah and yeah, there's so many close calls for McLean in this movie. This is close calls the movie, dude. Yeah, this is more close calls than the Martian. Like yeah. Jesus. And he in the book, that man dies almost dies a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean he strap almost dies like two minutes into the movie in the Martian. Yeah. But what do you think I I wanna ask this, what do you think is the closest call, like the most dangerous thing McLean does, aside from getting directly shot at? What do you think is the most dangerous stunt McLean pulls? The bit with the C four is pretty dangerous. Yeah. The elevator, probably, as I, well. I think I think if I had to take this, I would have gone with the elevator where he's, where he's basically, t- he takes a strap off the MP5, like the machine yeah. gun, and then uses that insi- like to brace inside the elevator shaft. Yeah. So he's hanging off a, like the strap on a gun, and the whole thing's yeah. unraveling, and he's sitting there in an elevator reaching for a vent. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, that bit, or, or, or just the bit where he's standing on the elevator and it goes up. Yeah. Like, he... But even that's kind of safe to an extent where the elevators never touch the top. Like yeah, you but you don't know how much safe. room there's going to be because yeah. they're lucky that this is where they do maintenance on it and not the ground floor. True. What else is there? There's... Uh, leaping off the building with a fire hose strapped around his waist. Got about that Which bit. yeah. so lucky in that scenario where it gets caught on the railing so that he can hang off it for a few seconds before it falls so he can yeah. shoot out the window. Yeah, I think the bit with the explosives where he's just like straight up like or drops a bomb and is watching it. Yep. Then he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> All right, I'm in an elevator shaft. Nope. <laughs> Sound waves just coming right at you. Yeah. Mm. I think that was pretty dangerous. Yeah, he, he almost dies a heap. Oh, well, yeah, naturally. Uh, yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything really. We'll, we'll bring back to the cause and effect for a second because we'll bring back to the point we made at the beginning with yeah. the, um, uh, the take to game, getting him to take his shoes yeah. off because the whole thing is he gets into the into the offices and he takes a moment to take his shoes off and try it. Yeah, and that's when Hans yeah. Gruber and the terrorists make their uh, you know make their play and they start shooting. My up favorite the bit is like the first bit is like son of a bitch is actually right because he's doing it and he yeah. feels better. Yeah, he's like oh well it works, and then so he's no longer jet lagged. Good for him to an extent. Yeah, I I have heard that that's just total bullshit though. That was uh, that was absolutely just written for the movie, and it actually does nothing at all. Um, I can see it working for uh to help with the blood flow within your legs, because like because you're sitting down for a long time mm. after a long haul flight, it'd probably make you feel a bit better within your legs. But mm. yeah, it's probably it's absolutely the rest of it's just nonsense. Yeah, um, because you wouldn't be jet lagged flying New York to California. Not much, no. You'd be like a little bit. It'd be a little weird because it's a couple hours jump. Yeah, but, but like it, you wouldn't be super jet lagged. No. Um, it's just the it's long, still a long flight. It's, it's the long flight, yeah. not the jet lag. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, back to the movie. Yeah. So, so that's the excuse to get McLean's shoes off. Yeah. And that that doesn't have a huge impact for the movie for about. And I took a I took a note of the timestamp on this. So it's brought up at the. It comes into play like for, in the like we bring it up in the first ten yeah. seconds of the movie, and it doesn't come up until an hour and thirty five minutes in. Yeah, when they finally, when um, Hans Gruber's finally found out, oh, McLean's running around barefoot, and they start shooting the glass, and yeah. that's when he has to run, and that's that's the point when like we finally get the payoff of well for McLean it's the opposite of a payoff where he's got to run barefoot through glass to escape. Yeah, which holy like just the by the end of this movie he's taken such a beating because of that. Yeah, that's 
like he takes a bullet at one point from Carl, and that's a less of an injury than him getting his feet shredded by glass. Yeah, so that means yeah, because he ends up going to the bathroom and bandaging up his feet. Yeah, just picking him out in the sink. Oof, hell, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that that is one of the minor things. The other one is um, they don't really cut a quick shot. Mm-hmm. It's like they keep track of how much John McClane is smoking. Yeah, because you, you you cut to it. And when he first picks up the packet, oh, he picks up the packet of smokes off the. Yep. Euro- that's how they know they're yeah. European because the European cigarettes. Yeah, he go. Well, he goes through the guy, and the reason he knows they're European is because he kills two of them at first. Yeah, and he knows their their clothing labels are all European. They're speaking European like German to each yeah. other, and their uh, cigarettes are European. Yeah, and their cigarette and their cigarette brands are all European labels. Yeah, and so he's he picks it up, and he and he and there's a quick shot of how many he's in there, and he takes one and he puts it in his mouth to start smoking it. And then it cuts to it again, and there's th- like later on, there's only three left. Yeah. I think he started off with like five or something. It was it was an open packet. Yeah. Um, it starts at five, and he puts one in it, like three left, puts one in his mouth. And the next time you see him put one in his mouth is with um Hans, and he takes a look, and there's, there's two. Two. Yeah. So it's like, do you smoke? Yeah. And then so he just gives him the packet, and that's. Mm. I think that's something I read as to why it's obvious that um Hans is Hans. Yeah. Because he doesn't question the fact that they're European. Okay. Yeah, yep. they're European cigarettes, and like, if you like, as someone who's an American, giving me giving them a European cigarette would be like, hmm. yeah, because this is this being America in the eighties, they don't have plain packaging or eighties nineties. I can't remember. America doesn't have plain packaging. Yeah, anyway. exactly. They don't have the plain packaging on their cigarettes like we do here in Australia. Yeah. So they do have brands. They yeah, need, like if know, someone would offer me like a cigarette real... from Europe, I'd be like, huh? Yeah, it'd be a really weird pack. It'd be a really weird packaging label. It'd be like. This isn't one I recognize. Like when he says, do you smoke? And he says, yeah. It's like, yeah. well, you don't smoke European cigarettes, do you, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, because he just takes it and doesn't mention it at all. It's yeah. like pretty obvious that you're not too surprised about it being a European cigarette. Yeah. And I love Hans's reaction to running into McLean for that, like in that first encounter. Yeah. Where it's just like that moment where he freezes up and he's like, okay, how do I want to play this? He's having that, there's like that five seconds where he's completely still and completely silent, yeah. where you can see the gears turning in his head yeah. of, do I surrender, make a play and try and snatch the gun, Do I just, or do I go with what he finally does go with, which is just, oh, you're one of them. That yeah, and then he, like, he tries to run back, he's like, I gotta just go on it, because his gun's there, because he's yep. put his gun down, Yeah. Um, and John McClane's like, what are you doing? Hey buddy, come on, this way. They've got guys everywhere. <laughs> and then and then Not it's like realizing. then he then he gives Hans the gun and it's empty. Yeah. I was half expecting um I was half expecting when I saw this just recently the take like do you you have do you remember Taken with Lee uh, Lee yeah. Mason like uh, there's a moment in there where he's talking to some guy and he's he's taking the bullets out of the guy's gun. So when he uh, so when the guy draws on him, he tries to pull the trigger and it just gives him that empty click. Yeah. And so he throws the bullets at the guy. I was half expecting something similar with John McClane where he's going to be like, what, you don't know the difference between the weight of a loaded gun and one that's not? Yeah. Or he just hands him an empty handgun. Like, I was half yeah. expecting that, but instead he's just like, no bullets, asshole. Yeah, it's like, it's like you're going to set to three like you did Takagi. <laughs> and it's like, one, bang, <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, I, I also love, one of my favorite things, and I, 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 I love it because I do this constantly, which is John McClane's talking to himself. 
where I I abs- like I talk to myself so much, you do. and it's just like John McClane. <laughs> it, 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 like uh, watching this, I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm just like that." Where he's sitting there, like, "Why'd you do this, dumbass? Because you'd be dead too, asshole." <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, or "Why'd it's, you decide to go there? Why'd you do it, man? Because <laughs> you stayed in New York." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, just, just berating myself like an idiot. I do the exact same thing as McLean. Yeah, keep comparing yourself to John McClane. That's McClane's the only health. thing I can compare myself to with John McClane. <laughs> That's it. You're not going to run it. across barefoot and I'm not, I'm, not half, I'm not half as buff. I wish I were. John um, McClane isn't even that buff. I mean, this is like Bruce Willis in his prime. He looks pretty good. Yeah, but he's, like... He's definitely, got, he's definitely in good shape, and he's pretty, like, you know, take a look at his shoulders when he's wearing that, like, you know, he's just wearing a wife beater at that point, pretty much. Like, he's looking pretty good. He's got some pretty thick biceps, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying he's, like, unfit, but I wouldn't say, like... See, like, he, he, he has, I mean, like, you... a ha- he's halfway to, like, the Marvel... Like, he's, like, got, like, semi-action hero vibe. Yeah. It's not, like, the Marvel superhero body. No, but, but I wouldn't the even, Marvel I wouldn't even compare is... it to, like, Rambo. No. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a bit more attainable is the thing. Yeah. Like if you're comparing yourself, if you're comparing yourself to you know Arnold Schwarzenegger in his, in his prime, or Sylvester Stallone in Rambo, you're going too far, buddy. That at that, that point, it's painful to live. Yeah, no, he's like he's, he's like semi built. Yeah, he's got a bit he, of muscle on him, but he's like got, he's got like the New York cop who works out kind of look going on. Yeah, not, not the donut eater. Not the um. Actually, I will say this though. Yep. Speaking of donuts, I rem- my favorite character mm. is Al. Yeah. Al is one of my favorite characters because he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, man. (laughs) That's the thing. He's got got like, because he's a beat cup as well. Yeah. He's got the same sort of. There's a camaraderie that builds. Yeah. Him him being an LA cop and uh, McLean being a New York cop. They're from two different regions, but they click. Yeah. Like he doesn't know that McLean's a cop. McLean doesn't say it, but just the way he talks works with Al and they yeah. kind of, and he and he says I think he's a cop he's not one of ours but I think he yeah. he's got that sort of like mentality behind him. Yeah and and the um and the deputy chief's like he could be a bartender. <laughs> he could be anybody. I mean like to be fair but also at the same time it seems ridiculous that you'd toss out potentially useful information. Yeah. Just because you don't know what the source is. Mm. Exactly. I'd but operate at the same on time that. they also uh, the chief and the FBI are also running under the assumption that it could be one of the terrorists in the building yeah. pretending to be somebody of value. Yeah, you've you've got to like take it at not at face value and believe it, but you've yeah. got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. But that brings me back to my fav- other favorite bit. Yeah. I'm Agent Johnson, Special Agent Johnson, oh, not related. A- Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson of the FBI. One, just the black the black guy, the white guy, and they just have to preface no relation. Yeah, but I like that though. It's just like that crazy throwaway, and there's, it's like there's like a little bit of it. Almost feels like parody to the FBI team in yeah. this movie. Oh yeah, they're so ridiculous and take themselves so seriously. That, I think that's the point. There's yeah. a bit of and like the I like the like this just this bit of humor. Like the time when one of the SWAT guys just scrapes himself on a flower. I wanted to bring that up. One of the one of the SWAT team like runs through a rose bush and like scratches his arm on it, and he treats it like it's the worst thing that's happened to him all week. It's like oh yeah, he's just like oh 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 my arm, <laughs> like, and I'm like what the hell? Like McLean's up there getting shot at. He's torn his feet to shreds, and this guy, this asshole on the street, so that storming the building is like oh oh my arm. So that's like the opposite. 
side of the sequence, this that's like if you take like that sort of whole sequence, which mm. we're even including the terrorist, yep. that's where they the chocolate bar gets stolen. It's okay. in that sequence. Yeah, and like there's just this weird <laughs> bit of humor in the thing where it's like where Hans is like Asian Dawn and Carl's just like Asian Dawn. Like yeah. now it's Asian Dawn on him. He's like. I read about them in time. Yeah, I read about them in and time. And he's like, magazine. I need these people, these people. Yeah, he's just bringing up like, there's four people in this, there's Northern these guys Ireland. in Canada, and it's just like, he lists off a whole bunch of these terrorist cells, basically. And you've got the chief going, I have no authority to do any of this. I have no idea who these people are. I, I have nothing to do with this, this scenario. And he's giving me two hours where he's going to shoot people. And that's a, like, once again, getting back to how well Hans Groove has planned where he's done such a good job of just, like, coming up with all these stupid, like, these names of people that they'll never be able to get out of prison. And he's just like, do it. Because that buys him two extra hours before they storm the building. Actually, that, that reminds me of my fa- one of the other favourite bits in the film is it's like, oh, yes, it's the Hel- Helsinki syndrome where they identify with the attackers. Ah, yeah. like, oh, Helsinki, Sweden. No, Finland. <laughs> no, but my favourite bit is right. that it's not the Helsinki syndrome. It's no, Stockholm it's syndrome, Stockholm, yeah. Which is in which Sweden. Is in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just great I love it it's just like that bit of it's that bit of like crazy out there like wait a minute it's the Stockholm Syndrome I'm not sure if it wasn't researched correctly or <laughs> I, I they think just it's did definitely it for a gag a it's definitely a gag like I also I also watched it I watched mm. it for the first time in like a while and it yep. had there's so many subplots in this film oh yeah like you don't re- I don't remember I forgot all about the news agent the yep. news guy the cops and the FBI are remembered, but I forgot... Which are all really important as well. Yeah. The Argyle one, um, with him just being trapped in there. I yeah. just love him. They're like, we're going to go get you some mama bears. Yeah. It's a giant stuffed bear. His whole plot line is he's just sitting there chilling out in the parking garage until McLean comes out, and he's stuck for hours. Yeah. He never leaves. And then he's the one who breaks who uh, breaks their getaway van. Yeah. He just, prevents their, he just prevents their escape. And then I, I want to bring up with the FBI before we get too far away from it. There's a great line when they're flying around in, in the chopper, like when they're going to the roof. And you've just got um, eight, one, one Agent Johnson says, just like in Saigon. And the other one says, I was in junior high, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Yeah, I like don't one know of what's going on. Com- one of them just comes in like this grizzled like Vietnam vet type thing. And the other's like... Fuck you, dude. I was I was only a teenager during that. Yeah, it's such a bizarre. F- Some of this film gets really bizarre. Then, it's, then but of it's course, go- that chapel blows up, and they're like, "We're gonna need more FBI guys." Yeah, <laughs> it's such a fucking dumb line. I liked the idea though that the whole thing was that the FBI playbook is that they cut the power. Yeah. So immediately, because they cut the power, electromagnetic lock. Yep, disabled. Well, yeah, well, that's once again Hans Gruber's whole thing. Which he seems like a bad idea on the Nakatomi company, but a little bit. But they, I mean, I doubt they expect because there's so many things that have to. That's the thing. Once again, the planning. There's so many things that have to go wrong in order to yeah. get to that point. Someone has to get the access code. Someone has to hack into it. Someone has to break, drill through all those locks, and then the final one is the electromagnetic you don't need, lock. You don't need to drill into them. That's the thing that got well, me. He was running the drill. I, I don't know exactly what the deal with that was yeah like why I can't you just enter i think he had the first code to open the locks and maybe yep. the oh, i think they're all different codes yeah and it's like a daily token so they're like not sure and i think mm. some of them are in japan so it's that issue of there's so much security that they were just able to drill through them yeah which is so dumb <laughs> so dumb but either way the nakatomi company kind of got what it deserved a little bit 
guys. Like, but, not, but not, some not, the president, not the president of the Nakatomi company. No, he was shot in the face. That's not okay. No, that's not he okay. He was a father of five. Yeah, um, but I think some of the security measures were a bit lackluster. A little bit. They did just kind of walk in the front door, didn't they? Yeah. There was like three security guards there to deal with. That's it. To be fair, it was Christmas Eve. That is true. Um, also, my favorite... one of they the do other have the company Christmas party. One, one of the on. other things is that when Al walks in, mm. the security guard is watching a soccer game. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's in German. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> but, but at the same time, he's putting on his American accent and he's like, oh man, I got 50 bucks on this game. It's like, why are you betting on German <laughs> yeah. sports? The only people who bet on sports like that are gambling addicts. Yeah. It's like, Christ. I mean, I wouldn't ask if I were Al. I'd yeah. be like, you know what? This guy's got a problem. Yeah, it's like, he could just be a guy. I spent some time in Germany and I follow a team. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the out of the ordinary. If you're yeah. an American soldier, you probably did spend time in Germany. I also like Al's approach where he just like, he walks in the front door and it's all all seems fine. So he's like, I'm going to take a look around. And he's just a few, like a few steps away from coming around the corner and being riddled with bullets. And then he just goes... <laughs> Ah, oh, the hell with this. It's Christmas Eve. I don't need this bullshit. Going home. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to go home and drop those Twinkies off to my pregnant wife already. Like, yeah. I don't need this. I like that, though. The fact that, um, you know, she, it's like, it's like I thought donut. I thought cops ate donuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's for my wife. She's pregnant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the lack of belief in the he convenience store guy. He shit. No. He's just like, whatever. And like it's like, and then and then it comes up later again when John McClane is eating that Twinkie, and yeah. he's like, "What is in this thing?" And Al gives him the ingredients <laughs> Reads down the list. Yeah, just goes all the way down. Like, ah, oh, it's full of blah, blah blah trans fats, all this, that, and the other. And it's like, wh- and it's a like yellow coloring number five. Yeah. And John McClane's like, "All right, mate." <laughs> no. Bit of a Twinkie expert. Just ate a thousand year old Twinkie. What the hell is even in this? It's a dry. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's just- this film is just full of this sort of stuff. Like, it's hmm. just some side stuff that doesn't matter, and then it matters. But it matters so bad. Like, you, even the newscaster, like, that one guy saying, like, this is my scoop, this is my big thing, I'm stealing a van, and I'm driving out there, and I'm getting the whole story. Yeah. And then in the process, he's the guy who, fi- who um, because he's doing that story, he tracks down where um, McLean's, or, uh, you know, Holly's and uh, John yeah. McLean's kids live. Yeah. And then, gets, and then starts doing an interview with their, with their children in their house. Yeah, and in the process, that's how Hans Gruber finds out that Holly is McLean's wife. Yeah, even though they're completely different names. Yeah, like um, she was using oh, his maiden name. That's how he got. She but got my favorite bit song. is is that like Hans is sitting in her office. Yeah, and like she walks in and it's like, who? What idiot left you? Made you in charge? You did. Yeah, when you killed my boss. Yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much. Like you shot my boss. Now it it's, it has to be me. I suppose. And then he sort of like turns around, and there's the picture of her. Yeah. But the picture of John is actually still face down. Yep. The picture, like that's another thing. Like I think it's she picks up the picture and puts it face down. Yep. Or he does at some point. I think he picks it up too. Yeah, I think one of one of them at some point turns it over and yeah, yeah, picks it up and then puts it back down and then it's face down. Yeah, and that's how they never realize that he's still kicking about. Like, yeah, because Han saw John McClane and probably wouldn't have put two and two together. No, he would. He wouldn't have. No way you would have thought like, okay, this one photo in this room is going to give out give away the answers. And then he sees the family photo on TV and it snaps in his head because he's got Holly right there. Yeah, it's like he's actually seen it. Um, yeah. And that's that's one of the other things. It's like so much of this film just 
knits itself together. Yeah. Like, also with the news broadcast, it's how Argyle knows what's going on in the building. Yeah. Because he's been blasting his music. And my favorite bit, though, is that he's got that little bottle of, like, scotch and he's pouring yeah. it into a glass. <laughs> he finds out about that. He puts the glass down and just starts <laughs> just drinking just from the bottle. bottle. <laughs> yeah. The little bottle. That's one of my favorite gags and all that stuff. But, like, just... I, I think I remember first seeing it, like, at least first noticing it in Jessica Jones, where it's like you take a, where it's like seeing a character take a glass, pour a little bit of booze into it, and then put the glass aside and finish the bottle. That's not my favorite yeah. game. I don't know why. It's just funny. Yeah, it's just, it's hilarious because he's just like, oh no. <laughs> oh shit. This movie's also got some great, like, some brilliant one liners in it. Yeah. Just things like, like McLean throwing the body out the window into Al's car and then being like, welcome to the party, pal, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, the I don't remember his name, but uh, uh, Hans's hacker, like yeah, the guy trying to break into the vault when he says like, you know, you can get through the locks, right? And he says, well, you didn't get, uh, you didn't just hire me for my good looks, did you? That kind of thing. One of my other favorite bits is that um, Hans calls him, mm. and he's talking on the on the radio, and it's like, all right, stop talking to me then. And it's like, but Hans, you called him, yeah, you called him, dude. Um. And the other one, it like the classic. My favorite bit is like he's he's tying up the um, terrorist, mm. and then he like puts the Santa out on him, and it's like now I have a machine yep. gun. Ho ho ho! Brilliant, brilliant gag. There. And it's just like what the hell? <laughs> There's the infamous Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Yep, which is like used to death. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I do yeah, like Welcome that, to the Party, one, pal. That one comes up twice, though, you became motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, McLean says it at the, like, the first time when he gets a machine gun and he's talking to Hans. Yeah. And then Hans says it at the end when, uh, when he, re- when, uh, McLean drops his gun. Yeah. Or throws the machine gun down. Yeah. And it's like, Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I just love it because, yeah, this film is full of, like, one-liners. Brilliant stuff. Then, then there's, of course, um... Uh, McLean getting super bloodthirsty towards Carl when they're just having a fist fight. Yeah. Where he's just like on top of the guy, cho- like choking him out, throwing him down the stairs, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And I'm gonna, yeah. He's just like, I- "I've got the line here, motherfucker. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna uh, cook you, and then I'm gonna eat you." <laughs> it's like, I all right, dude. That. Like you killed his brother. He has a right to be a little mad, all right? Yeah. <laughs> like I get the guy's been hounding you all night, but still. Um, but yeah, uh, what was a yeah? They're pretty pretty intense like oh, yeah. my favorite bit though is like um it's like when you, you should kill someone when you have the chance and he's above the deck john mcclain's down there and he's like just thanks for the three. advice and yeah. you're bam 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 just yeah and strip shoots that guy in the dick three times yeah like you just blasted through the table a little bit of cj crazy <laughs> just absolutely crazy this film it's beautiful oh, i love the action in this movie it's well done yeah it's well done and it's it's not like too over the top. You know, like the bit of excessive diving, that sort of stuff, but nothing too major. Yeah, like the most ridiculous action scene we have in this movie is probably on the roof. Yeah, where it's just you've got McLean in a sh- in a th- like in a shootout between three of the terrorists, and yeah. then at the e- and then to- closer towards the end when they're back on the roof and you've got like the helicopter strafing run. That's about the peak of like the ridiculousness of the action yeah. in this movie. I've I, you, I've noticed that a lot where like the original action movies like Predator, Die Hard One, all that like the ones where you've got a lot of sequels to yeah they're often in a lot more like you know what I'm saying like yeah. you know what I mean they're they're very like reined in and you have maybe a few action sequences yeah. here and there spread out Un- unlike you know Die Hard Four have you ever seen non-stop. First Blood uh Ram- oh the yeah. first Rambo movie yeah 
it's been a long damn time, but that but like, movie is not what you like. That movie is a very different thing to what it's become now. Yeah, it's not. It's not. There's a lot of violence in it. Yeah, but it's not that violent. Yeah, it's just like a war veteran with PTSD going after crooked cops, right? Yeah, like these cops are trying to arrest him, and he's and he's got PTSD, so he's thinking it's like Vietnam again. Yeah, but the issue is that he's like a legitimate. Yeah, he's a, like it's a green beret, dark. and it's. Yeah, it's dark AF. It's dark as shit. They just have to they have to track down his commanding officer. Mm. Um But yeah, so like that that's the sort of thing. Like they are a lot more t- toned down almost and like yeah. reined in. I yeah. think yeah, I lo- I think I don't think the Die Hard movies really except in the later ones. I think like They well, really Die took Hard off. Die Hard with a Vengeance, I would argue, didn't really take off. Mm. Which is the other good Die Hard movie. Dad three. Yeah. Yeah, Die Hard three, like, of them. it's it's not actually that crazy, like in terms of violence. Die Hard three is probably if you take like the scale of them. Yeah. Die Hard three is probably like the second smallest. Yeah, it's 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 clo- it, it yeah. It, it takes it place lo- over it, a city, but yeah, it's, like it's, it's not... over a city. It's not over the con- It's not over like part of the country, like two or four. Yeah. Uh, two or f- two only happens in um at the airport. I think they do actually go on the move on a plane, though. That's yeah. the thing. They do take off and start shifting to another I mean, location. the end of Die Hard 3 ends in Quebec. Yeah. Well. Oh, man. Okay, have you heard of the alternate ending to Die Hard 3? No. Sorry. I, sorry for the sidetrack, but I need no, to no, tell no, you. No, no, let's, let's talk. The it, alternate, Die Hard. The alternate Die Hard 3 ending is mm. John McClane and um, Simon Gruber yep. playing Russian roulette with a rocket launcher. Oh, I've actually seen this. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, how bizarre. How That's bi- fucking weird, yeah. They cut it because they're like, this doesn't make sense. This is This isn't the John McClane thing to do. This is very bloodthirsty. A little bit, yeah. Because uh, at the very end, it's revealed that he's wearing a vest, so even if it had been him, he would have survived it. Mm. And I'm like, who decided this was where you're going to go? <laughs> What a ridiculous idea. It's like, it's we don't the- know which way is the rocket going to come out. We don't know. Pull the trigger and we'll find out. Uh, what the hell, man? That got well, that went from like zero to a billion. <laughs> I don't know about zero. It was pretty pretty high right. up there. It went from a hundred to like three hundred. Yeah, it went from like it went from like okay, a normal amount of like like terrorist murder, like that standard sort of fair action, action movie, movie yeah. to like a blood sport. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, what the hell? Compare that to a uh, to Die Hard Four, where to beat the to beat the villain of the movie, John McClane fires a Desert Eagle through his shoulder into the bad guy. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. I yeah, always, I always think about that when I think like ridiculous shit in Die Hard. D- it comes up to that. It's just like, like he that. fires a fifty cal through his own arm. I like that though. It's it's like it's the ballsiest thing I've seen in a movie. Like yeah. he's just like he's like hi, have you hostage? Bam! Just, yeah, pull the trigger, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, because you don't expect him to shoot himself. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's Die Hard is full of like that ballsy stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. oh we're gonna go through Central Park. It's like going around the park that'll take us ages. I said through the park, <laughs> and he drives <laughs> the park, <laughs> dodging <laughs> things in a taxi. Yeah, fucking lunacy. Compare that to um. We're speaking about final showdowns in Die Hard. Uh, yeah. The one in let's let's go back to Die Hard One. Yeah, where the whole, where he's fini- where to take down Hans Gruber, he throws down the machine gun that's empty, our bullets, and yeah. he's only got two. At this point, he's only got two pistol rounds left, and he's packaging taped the uh, the pistol to his back. Yeah, which I'm looking at that and I'm thinking I would not go through with that plan 
Because the moment I pull that thing off, it's ripping out back hair, man, and it's hurting. It's it's just gonna be like, ow. Oh. See, but that's only the first time that he does that, and he does it again in Die Hard Three. He's got yeah. the he's got the sandwich board, and it's like <laughs> with the really racist thing on it, yeah. and it's um. And like he gets the he gets like the knife thrown at him <laughs> into the sandwich board by the gangsters, mm. and then like you know Samuel Jackson's character Zeus just pulls it off his back. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's like, why do you keep doing this, man? I I just love it. I just love the ridiculousness in this film. So we do have to address the elephant in the room, Alex, which is: is this a Christmas movie? I would argue no. Yeah, like it's not. It's not like it's not a Christmas movie. It's a movie set at Christmas, yep. and Christmas is the reason why the film happens. Yeah. Like, security is lax because it's Christmas. Everyone's yep. in the one place because it's Christmas. John McClane comes down because it's Christmas. Because it's Christmas. He, he's, he spent six months away from Holly in New York, away from his family. Yeah, because they moved over to the... Yeah, because to she LA. took the kids with her to LA to follow her, to her career, Look while man. John McClane stayed in New York to, to clean, clean up cases, a.k.a. he was waiting for her, to, her career to fail and her to come back. Yeah, I... John... John McClane is a douchebag. A little bit, yeah. Um, every time he sees any sort of attractive woman, he stares at her. The, the, that, so, the naked calendar in, in Nakatomi. So, no, so there's the um, the the flight attendant. Yep. They have a meaningful glance, and it's a bit weird. A meaning, there's like, subtitled there, meaningful glance. There's like something that happens, and I'm like, wh- why did this occur? Um, there's the girl that runs past he takes a look at for a while. Yep. Um, in the airport, and then yeah, there's the naked picture. He stops, looks at it for a bit, then continues on. Not only that, he walks past it, takes a moment to glance at the naked picture, like at the na- at the topless calendar, and then later on, he walks past it and like taps the calendar yeah. as he's going past. Like, <laughs> it gives ladies, it a pat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? It's weird. I mean, he's basically not even married to his wife anymore. She's True. she's taken her maiden name. She's been gone for six months. Like, True. It's like just... he even brings up how on the rocks their marriages, where he's like, he like the only time she ever uses his name is for their checkbook. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I think it's also because the Japanese don't recognize divorce or something. Yeah. Or like, yeah, um, yeah. It does better with uh, Nakatomi for her to use. Uh, what, what what was her name again? Gennaro. Gennaro. That's it. Yeah. Because I it, yeah because he looks her up on the computer trying with McLean and then Gennaro. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that she has an office that high up is why he ends up there. Yeah. Because otherwise he would have tried to go to her office and then wouldn't have known where he is. Yeah. But yeah, this... What was my original point? Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. This is just a movie set at Christmas. It's not a real Christmas film. I would agree. But um, like, if you look at any of the Christmas movies we've done so far... Yeah. This has got none of that. Like, things about learning the value of Christmas... It's about killing terrorists. Yeah, exactly. What does this teach you? It's about foiling bank robbers masquerading as terrorists who just straight up commit act of terrorism. The joke about Die Hard being your favorite Christmas movie, I think, is dead. Yeah. I want it to die. Yeah. It's not it's not as funny anymore. Like it it's was its course. It's it was funny when like I first heard it and I was mm. like, Oh yeah, I get it, I get it. And now it's like every time someone says that, I'm like, nah. I, I always mm. say that Die Hard is my second favorite, yeah. which always confuses people because everyone's like, it should, <laughs> wait, isn't Die Hard everyone's favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. I'm using air quotation marks. doesn't translate <laughs> into an audio medium. I'm sorry. No, but you've got that tone of voice. Yeah. like it's, uh, And everyone's like, what's your favorite? I'm like, it's a Muppets Christmas Carol. And everyone's kind of like, huh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. A lot of people paid me that. It's a good choice. It's a good film. It's a good choice. I'll yeah. Agree. But yeah, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. No. 
Although I can't hear Let It Snow without thinking about Die Hard. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I just can't anymore. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. See, I never noticed is that Al's singing it when yep. he's walking back to his car. Yeah. And I never picked up on it before. No, that's what I think. When I think when I hear Let It Snow, that's the moment I think of. Oh, I think of I think of the end when it plays over the credits. Okay, because I think of when Al's walking to his car and he's like, da 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 delightful. Like, just that part where he, he, he skips a bunch of the words. Yeah. That's what I think of every time I hear Let no, It Snow. No, th- I think of, like, the end and, like, they've just gotten together and you hear, you start hearing Let It Snow and then, like, the credits start rolling. It That's al- what I think about. It also plays at the Christmas party, like, just before Hans storms in. Oh, really? Yeah, it's playing a l- It's I think it's during that uh, moment when... Uh, McLean meets up with Holly and they're walking through the Oh, is it party. playing in like the strings? I think it's playing in the background somewhere. Yeah, okay. That doesn't surprise me. It is yeah. a bit of a Christmas tune. Yeah. Although, my, actually, that reminded me of something that I'd never noticed is mm. that they burst into an office and there were just people having sex there. <laughs> yeah. I'd never noticed it. I was yeah. like, wait, what? Was hey, man, this in the Christmas film? Party. I've never seen this bit <laughs> in the film before. <laughs> maybe it's because I watched it on TV that they cut it out. Like, maybe. It's also true. Um, but yeah, I was like, what? It's a very M-rated film when you, uh, when you think about it. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is surprising. Mm. It's like, oh, I was like, okay, that was uh, unexpected. Good job. I was oh. like, what, what is going on here? I'll touch on one last point, which we brought up just before with uh, McLean being an asshole, which is assholes. So McLean, McLean being an like that's big thing. McLean is a massive, uh, a, a total yeah. asshole. Most of the people in this film are. Oh, everyone is. Um, I, I'd argue Holly isn't. Holly is the one. That's that, true. Well, yeah. Ho- Holly is the least asshole. To, to an extent, except for using the McLean family checkbook. Uh, I mean, but like technically, they are still married. That that's the true. thing. It's, that is true. And like her legal name, I think, is still Holly McLean. Yeah. She just uses her maiden name at work. Yeah, but you've got. McLean has meant when he's fight when he's uh fighting one of the terrorists for the first time and throws him down the stairs yeah. during that scene. There's a moment where he's like, "You're not going to kill me because you're a policeman, and policemen have rules." And he just says, "Tell well, that to my sergeant." My, tell that's that to what my captain. captain keeps telling me. And then he throws the terrorist down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> and then he ends up just shooting the man. Yeah, you just kill like you, that's that's when he straps throws the rule book out the window. Like, all right, we're dealing with terrorists, and you've got one of the um I can't remember his name. But the other guy who works there, where he's the one who... Uh, oh, who's Alice? On, yeah. Uh, no, the guy who's on the phone... I, I think it is Alice, yeah. Yeah, Alice is the one that... The, the yeah. guy that's doing coke. Um, yeah. That, who does coke in uh, Holly's office. Yeah. Yeah, what I forgot I forgot weirdo. about that bit. And he's like, no, he's just snorting coke in her office. Like I said... And then later on, he just starts scratching his nose because <laughs> he's a coke addict. Um, he's got that line like, hey, Spreckensy talk, huh? Yeah, I'm- <laughs> What a dick! That is the most <laughs> American part of that film. Yeah, not the action hero cigarette cigarette in mouth at gun blazing like bloodstained oh. shirt. It's the fact that the the douchebag is like I'm spreckin' talk. And then and he's such a dick through that entire scene where he's sitting there like he's in a room with three what he believes to be terrorists with fully armed with machine guns. And he's sitting there, like, doing his Wolf of Wall Street, like, routine, where he's like, Hans, baby, you gotta work with me here. I can give you something you want, type thing. And it's just yeah. like, dude, come on, you are... And, of course, he gets himself killed in the Also, process. he just refers to a bunch of groups as, like, some really offensive stereotype oh, yeah. names. Yeah. Like, he references um, Arab people as being uh, camel jockeys, yep. uh, the Northern Isles, and then he, I think he calls them the Hebes. The Hebes. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? What is wrong with you? What is up with this? But I get like he's like the worst. Yeah. He is like a scumbag who can't apparently make a deal out of a paper bag, though. Yeah. 
yeah, tries to make a deal for selling out McLean and ends up getting his face shot in. Yeah, it's just like, what the hell, man? See, in that scene, I thought he was going to... Like, I mean, he does sell out McLean. Like, he gives him his name, but I thought he was going to throw uh, Holly under the bus as well. But... Yeah, that, that was that was the only top-notch thing he did. Yeah, not... Well, I, I wouldn't say he was doing a good thing either way, but... Also, one last bit with cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ellis, he br- Ellis brings up the watch Holly has, where he's like... yeah basically saying hey mclean get out i'm working my thing here he's like she's got like he's talking about how great she's doing at the company yeah and she's got that rolex and that rolex is what hans group is hanging on to from holly's arm at the end when uh yeah mclean shoots him out the window so the one thing he's hanging on to is just that rolex that then mclean has to undo off holly's wrist and basically shit her career down the toilet (laughs) because at that point i yeah nakatomi's not coming back from this dude come on (laughs) yeah the building's blown up yeah I wanna, okay, I don't know if they ever describe what's happened to Holly in the later films. No. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're together very long, does no, it? No, they're not They're not yeah. together very long. Die Hard 2 is basically about that. And yeah. then Die Hard 3, it's mentioned again. Yeah. Die Hard 4, it also gets mentioned again, because I'm pretty sure uh, Holly goes back to using her mother's name. Not Holly. Holly is the wife. Yeah. Lucy. Lucy. Mm. I think Lucy goes back to using the maiden name. I don't know what the kids, the son's yeah. doing. That's well, the then, plot of Then Die you've Hard. got Die Hard 5 where the son is also some ridiculous action hero character. Yeah, and I, I, I never bothered with Die Hard 5. It's the only no. one I haven't seen. Um, not at all. I'm not planning on, you know. I don't think I need to. It's, I wonder what's it's worse. Not, that or really Paul Blatt Mall Cop. Uh, still. <laughs> Paul Blatt Mall Cop. That's a conversation for another time, dude. Yeah, it's Die Hard, <laughs> it's die hard and a Half. Die Hard and a Half. It's Paul Blatt Mall Cop. All right, and that's a, I think that's a great place to end, uh, end this episode. Oh, man, I don't want our last episode of the year to be about me talking about Paul Blart Molkoff. Well, that's on you, dog. <laughs> God damn it. So we're going to be taking a break over Christmas and the New Year. So our next episode will be on January... Should be coming out on January 14th. Oh, really? Yep. Um, so in the meantime, follow us on social media and subscribe to our channels, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that, and you'll know exactly when the next one goes up. Yeah. Right. Um, follow us on Facebook, and you'll yeah we'll be we'll be posting a few more things in the coming weeks. Yeah, we've got tr- some episodes. We've got a bit of a backlog. Yeah, we've got a couple of little bonus stuff we'll put out. No full episodes in the meantime. No. But we'll put out a few little bonus features. We'll we might also get some uh, write ups. Hopefully, maybe some maybe some of the stuff we've talked about on the show may actually uh, come <laughs> into effect over the coming weeks since we've got a bit of a break from it. What your unicorn horror movie? Maybe. Oh man, <laughs> if you make that, I am keen. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll I should try also to make Space out. Wizard Sticks, I suppose. Space Wizard Sticks, come on, dude. I've been waiting for that. I've been begging for it. Yeah, I'll have some time now. I won't have to do the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. All right, so join us on the 14th when we'll be doing some movie that we'll talk about in the, uh, at some point in the future. Bye-bye. Catch ya.